Well, good morning, church. How are you guys? So good to be here with you. I'm actually really excited um, just seeing all the new leaders that are emerging here at Real Life. Uh, These folks have been in the church, most of them since I've been here, uh, but seeing them take the next step uh, of responsibility and commitment in their walk with God is just an incredible thing and an encouraging thing to see people raised up. Amen? And so we, we really believe in raising up and releasing people and in their giftings and in their talent and in their passion. So if that's you, you're saying, hey, I, I got something in me, uh, make sure you talk to Pastor Damien, myself, Pastor Jesse, any of a team. We'd love to get you plugged in and expressing your gifts and talents uh, for the Lord. So excited about that. Also want to mention our 65 plus community. A lot of people ask like, hey, I'm 63. Can I still go? Of course you can. If you're 55, 50, 45, however old you are and you want to go to the Old Town Adventure with our 65 plus community, Dave said, you're more than welcome to come, all right? And so we just put that on there just as kind of a a range um, and we'll probably change that. We'll just probably call it 55-ish community or whatever that is, but we just like to give people a, a, a just kind of a target there. So, but if you'd like to go to that, by all means, Dave and Donna said, come to lunch with us and hang out. And uh, so, and I want to just mention all these different projects um, that Pastor Damien just mentioned. Um, last week, we presented to you another project in Branches in Humboldt County that we're going to be launching. We actually um, are, I think, almost got the funds to deliver the check to Limitless Church. And uh, I want you to just hear this testimony. You guys pledged an additional, because we did a pledge drive right before, um, right at the beginning of the year. You guys pledged an additional $13,000 last week to see these projects completed above and beyond our regular, regular missionary giving which we support about 41 missionaries here uh, at Real Life. And so excited about that. And thank you very much. But can I just give you God's math? God's math. I'll say, so for a total, and this is how I, why I love our church, for a total, it's something like $52,000 has been pledged for the entire year towards these projects. And you guys have already given 55. So, hey, you guys figure that out. You know, I just believe God. Uh, wants to stretch us. He wants us to dream. And uh, he wants us to help further the gospel, not only here in our community, not only in our state, in our nation, but around the world. And so we're excited about that. Are you guys ready to jump into the word today? Well, I'm excited to continue this series uh, together. We launched it last week, just talking about what the possibilities um, when people come together, the things that we can do and accomplish for the kingdom. Um, But this series is all about being together and deepening our faith through friendship. I was thinking about this, and when I was younger, um, if you guys have been here um, any amount of time or if you've been here the the last few years since I've been lead pastor, you know that I am a self-proclaimed YouTube handyman. In other words, I don't have a lot of giftings when it comes to repair things, but um, 
a gentleman showed me a few years ago, if I go onto YouTube and just type anything in, I could learn how to do it. And so a few years ago, I did this. I actually, my water heater went out. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't want to you know, pay all the money to get it done. So I looked it up on YouTube and I learned you guys how to replace, listen to this, a thermal coupler. I didn't even know what a thermal coupler was, but I changed one and it only took me two hours to do a 15 minute job. And so, you know, um, yeah, YouTube, you could do a lot of things. I've kind of fixed my fridge and different things. But when I was um, in college, uh, you know, I had the same problem. But um, a lot of the problems had to do with my car. I had uh, an 84 Honda Civic hatchback hoopty. Come on. The oxidized, faded out maroon uh, with an AM, FM radio that people like to practice on my car to steal. For whatever reason, they like that AM, FM radio, and they would break it out of my car all the time, so i just leave it unlocked, all right? Um, but I found out when I was uh, in college that anything that happened with my car, especially when it came to radiator hoses, all I needed, come on, was some duct tape. Come on, how you know duct tape is really man's best friend? And 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 and, I, and the and the tube would would spring a leak, and I turn off the car, I'd stop it with a rag in my hand, and I would just wrap this around. And how you know that'd give you another two or three weeks, maybe even a month if you were lucky, right? So you didn't have to take it to the repair shop, right? Because duct tape can fix a lot of problems. In fact, I was looking online and uh, found some things that duct tape can help you with this morning. If you have a flat tire <laughs> this morning, have you guys seen that guy on the freeway, right? Yeah, to help you with your flat tire. And, and, and this is how it works, right? It sticks to anything. I mean, you see duct tape used in the most um, creative capacities. Like this car was in our parking lot last week, y'all. Yeah, we've seen that car. Have you seen that car? Come on. How do you know that? Just me, right? You're like, man, they got creative there, right? And people will drive like that for months, right? And then lastly, you know, parents, you got to be with me on this one. This will solve all your problems, parents. Come on. There we go. I have learned that duct tape is like a good friend. Come on. It fixes a lot of your problems. Everybody say stick together. Proverbs 18, 24 in the NIV says this, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Today I want to talk to you about sticking together in a world that's trying to tear us apart. At some point in our lives, every single one of us in this room has been let down by someone or disappointed by someone we called a friend. Anybody with me? And if we're really honest with ourselves, we've been that someone who let down or disappointed someone who considered us a friend. But how do we develop friendships in the church that stick. A better question for you today 
is to ask ourselves is how do we become a sticky friend? How do we become a sticky church? You see, a lot of good things are happening at real life. You've, you've seen a lot of the good things that are happening. God is raising up and releasing, come on, people who are sticky, people who love people, people who just want to do something that they're passionate about and gather people around it so they can connect with, but not only connect with them, go deeper in life with them, do life with them. It's an exciting thing. A lot of good things happen in real life, but a priority for me as your pastor and us as a staff is to make sure that something good is happening in your life. One of the best things that can happen in our lives is the friends that God brings into our lives. Friendship, I believe, is such an overlooked factor in our discipleship and spiritual growth processes. You see, we found out, we learned last week just in the intro to this series that God never intended for us to do life alone. God never intended us, listen, to be isolated. God never intended us to be separated and by ourselves. How many know God calls us to friendship with him first? And because he calls us to be his friend, how many know we've got the perfect model to become a friend? Statistics prove this, that a person who has a good friend at, church, at the church they attend are likely to be more spiritually committed. They're more likely to have faith being a part of every aspect of their lives, and they're more likely to spend time in worship or prayer every day. How do you know a good friend will take you deeper in your faith? Come on, a good friend will challenge you, come on, to go further than where you're at right now. Come on, a good friend will pray for you and walk with you and encourage you to go deeper in the things of God. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to ask you and the staff is going to challenge you to pursue friendship in several different ways. Now, when we're talking about friendship, I know that there's already some people saying, well, Pastor Dean, I already got my BFFs, <laughs> right? I already got my B, I already got my Fab Five on my phone, right? My favorite five are on speed dial already. I don't have enough time for nothing. Well, we're going to approach this at a lot of different angles so we can include everybody in this pursuit of friendship. Are you guys ready? The first thing I want to challenge you is over the next many weeks, really to the end of the year and beyond, I want to challenge each and every one of us to be a friend, to just be a friend. Secondly, I want you to make room for a new friend in your life. I want you, if, if there's a longing in your heart, I want you to begin to ask God to help you find a friend. How you know there's a lot of people in this room? Gosh, man, did you guys get your coffee this morning? How many know there's a lot of people in this room? And we're all, look, we're all looking, listen, for connectivity and relationship and friendship. Let yourself, here's another challenge, let yourself be found by someone who could be a friend. How many know we're good at hiding? 
We're good at dodging. Come on, we're good at having that smile. Come on, that Sunday morning smile. Hi, how are you doing? Get out of here as soon as we say amen. Hallelujah. And then you can take this in several, a couple of different ways. Pray for a friend. Listen, maybe you have a, a, a community. Maybe you have a people that you're leaning on. Listen, if God puts somebody on your heart, in fact, I was going to challenge you. If somebody comes to mind right now while I'm talking, just text them real quick and just say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you right now. Or you could say, praying for a friend. You know what? In this season of my life, I really need a friend. As a staff, we're going to help facilitate friendship during this series. And we have some surprises coming up our sleeves. But I want to promise you, you're going to want to be here every week because we are going to have a good time. We're not going to waste your time, all right? And the first principle that I want to share with you today on how we're going to become a church that sticks together is this. If you're trying to be a friend to everybody, you'll end up being a good friend to nobody. The verse I read earlier translated in the New American Standard Bible says it like this, a person of too many friends comes to ruin. The New King James, if you read it just for the surface value, you'll mistakenly translate it, uh, you might mistakenly translate it in a different way. It says this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. King Solomon wrote all of the Proverbs. And in this proverb, he is contrasting someone who is friendly and he is with a person who is a friend. So I want you to understand that. King Solomon is saying, here is a, here is a person who is friendly and here is a person who has a real friend. You see, there's a difference. We've got to get this. And I believe King Solomon was writing in his journal about his own life. That's what I believe the book of Proverbs mostly is. There is a difference between friendliness and friendship. There is a difference between being friendly. Come on, how many you, you just consider yourself a nice person? A friendly person. What are you guys nervous about, all right? Right? There's a difference between being friendly and being a friend. The man in this proverb who seems to have a lot of friends may find he has no real friends at all because he chose to stay on the surface with many instead of going deeper with a few. I want to challenge you in this season as we're coming out. Well, we don't know what we're doing these days. As we're coming out of a pandemic, listen, to go deeper with a few. Deeper with a few friends. How many know God wants to put friends in your life? Come on. Not only, listen, I used to have a friend that said, I still have the friend, not used to, but he used to say, hey, let's gather some friends and let's go change the world. But how about this concept? Let's just gather a few cha uh, friends and just start working on changing us. That's what we need friends for. King Solomon contrasts this man with many friends with the wiser man who discovered true friendship because he went deeper with one. 
You see, King Solomon had popularity. Again, I've spoken about this before. He was the leader of leaders. He was the guy in the entire world that everybody wanted to be his friend. He would have queen, the queen of Sheba. He would have leaders from all over the world come to his house and they would see the amazing kingdom that Kingdom Solomon had set up. They were amazed and blown away by it. These people, he was a hospitable and friendly person. A lot of people in his life. But literally, he writes this. Listen, he said, I had all of these people coming and going and checking me out. And listen, they, they liked my influence. They liked my popularity. But at the end of my life, when I look back, I didn't really have a friend. And there are people, listen, that have attended church their entire life being friendly, being on the surface. And when it's all said and done, listen, we don't want to look back on our lives and say, you know what? I was friendly. I knew a lot of people. I shook a lot of hands. I smiled. Even if it was a fake smile, I smiled. But when it was all said and done, I didn't really have a friend. But King Solomon understood all you need is one good friend. And I believe that God is going to give us in this season. Listen, I don't know, come on, I don't know who you are. I don't know what city you've just moved to Natomas from, what communion you're at. But maybe you're looking for something for different. And I just want to say, I believe God is going to deposit a friend in each and every one of our lives. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, again, King Solomon wrote these words. It's not on the screen. Something God put in my heart early this, uh, yesterday. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. Listen to what Solomon says. He says, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You know, many people will come to me, and I, and I love this about Real Life Church, but in fact, someone was coming to me last week just bragging on our church. I love when people just brag on our church, and they're saying, we were at the welcome party. We heard this a lot in our welcome party where we had new guests, and again, coming out of the season where we're mostly digital, we just felt like, hey, we're going to do a welcome party at the last Sunday of every month just so we can meet people face-to-face. -face. How you know we just need some face-to-face? Come on, we need to meet real people, right? We need, to, we, we need to encounter one another, right, in the same room. And so we did this. And, and, a, and a lot of, even, even in the welcome party, a lot of people said, you know what? Real Life Church is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to. Someone else told me, man, the, you, when you walk through the doors, it's just like, man, I couldn't even get to the sanctuary because everybody was saying hi. And, and those are the things, listen, those things make me happy. Why? Because friendliness is a characteristic. Everybody say characteristic. It makes us likable. <laughs> it's kind. It's welcoming. It's warm-hearted. How many know there's not a whole lot of pastors out there going to say, I just hope we're a mean church, right? I just, hope, I, I just hope people just don't feel the love of God in this place, right? That is no pastor's desire. But sometimes it happens, right? A, a visioneer or a volunteer, they don't show up, and now we're down a greeter, and we're down here, and, a, and, a, and, a, and maybe a, a worker, in our, and now we're like scrambling, and we're missing people as they walk in. And how do you know people can have a not-so-friendly experience? It just happens. Everybody say it happens. 
It just happens. But it makes us likable. It's kind. It's welcome. It's warm-hearted. And in general, it's one of the things that most people acknowledge about most churches. I hate to break this to everybody, but I've been on staff at a few churches now 27 years in, and can I just tell you this? We're not the only friendly church. How have you been to a friendly church before? See, God has wired us for more. Everybody say more. You see, hundreds of people walk through our doors every week, and they experience our friendliness. I love that about our church. But on the other side of this equation is this. Friendship is a commitment. Friendliness is a characteristic, but friendship, everybody say next level. Listen, a church operating at the next level is looking, is pursuing friendship with one another. Friendship is a commitment that makes us reliable. It's constant, it's persistent, and it's present. I love being known as a friendly church, but what brings even more satisfaction to my heart is RLC being known as a friend to our community. Listen, friendship does not come without a price. Friendship with our community hasn't come without pursuing our community. I remember the first time the door was open for us to volunteer at the Harvest Festival. We had a lot going on that that first year. We did our own little Harvest Festival. This was before Treat Street, which, by the way, is coming up. But we were invited by our district councilwoman to come and volunteer on that first one. We brought 50 volunteers and they were totally blown away. And listen, we just kept showing up. Come on, we just kept showing up. Everything, every time they asked us, we just said yes. Come on, the Easter egg hunt had over 10,000 people show up. And listen, we were driving that event. Without us, it wouldn't have happened. And without several other churches, it wouldn't have happened. Why? Because we were wanting to become a friend to our community, not just friendly to our community. Friendship with our community hasn't come without volunteering in our community. And friendship with our community hasn't come without giving generously to our community. How do you know we not only need to sow to missions, but we need to sow into our community? Again, we continue to serve. We continue. Now the word's getting out. Come on now, we, we, we continue to show up. Amy and I took Chick-fil-A to Natomas High Varsity High School football again this week. It's an awesome thing. I get to pray with the kids. I get to tell them. I told them exactly this. I said, there is a church that believes in what's happening in this football program. We love you and we support you. Now check this out. Amy drops me back off at the church and on my way home, another person calls me and said, hey, word's out. Now Indercom wants food on Wednesday nights. Now I, I just tell you about Indercom. Indercom has been one of the most difficult schools to penetrate. And now, now God has a believer. Come on, he has a believer. And he's opening a door, right? The same is true for you and I personally. You can be part of a friendly church. 
You can be a part of a church that is a friend of the community. And yet the harsh reality that a lot of people get confronted with, not, not just at real life church, it could happen at any church, but you yourself can have difficulty finding a friend in your life that will enrich your faith like nothing else will. It's a harsh reality. Even as a pastor to hear, I've heard it the last four years. Over the last four years, I've, I've had people in my office saying, I'm just having a difficult time connecting. Can you help me? I just can't do it anymore. I need community in my life. Why? Because we're hardwired to connect. We weren't hardwired, listen, to stay on the surface and the superficial. Listen, we were hardwired to experience koinonia, which is Holy Ghost fellowship, so that we could go into deeper waters. All right, three people got that, but that's all right. Just because you experience friendliness at a church doesn't guarantee you will find friendship at a church. You guys know I'm speaking truth. And I believe God is calling us to continue to be friendly to everybody. Amen? But more importantly, we have to develop meaningful friendships with somebody. Whether it's one person, two people, or three people. Listen, that will cause us to go deeper in our faith. That's what we're finding out with the men's community right now. Pastor Damien just told you about the rafting trip. Man, we had 20 guys show up, like uh, five guys get on each raft. And how you know when you're going down the rapids, come on, you'll find out who's your friend real quick. <laughs> right? I mean, dude, like, it, we just had a blast. Like, like Gene's behind me. Gene, Gene is, Gene, how old are you, brother? Gene is 72 years old. Come on. Say, he's behind me. I'm like, are you all right, Gene? He would just, he wouldn't say nothing. He'd just smile and grimace. I'm like, Gene is good. I had Jag who's in, Jag's in the military. He's on this side. He's all, he's like commanding. He's like, come on, attention. He's like, oh, go, right? Like, it's like, it's this, like we're building a deeper friendship. We're like, we pull up to the other side of the raft. We're like little kids. You get guys in a, like on a river, on some boat, and we're like, we're like splashing each other. We're like, you know, we're like getting all wet. We're like, oh, it's cold. Yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> but listen, it's part, listen, listen, showing up, sat next to my brother Daniel Robinson, we just pulled up a chair and just, we got there on Friday night. All the tents were set. They set up all the tents for you. I'm like, this is the kind of camping I like, right? Just bring your sleeping bag. This, but, but sat with Daniel right here and, and just got to know Daniel at a deeper level. All these guys playing dominoes. Listen, listen, part of the thing to moving from friendliness to friendship is just showing up. Just showing up and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go. We, 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 I don't know if Justin, is Justin in the room? Justin is uh, Nat Natalie's, our uh, office manager's husband, and they're, they're newlyweds. And so, like, we got it set up where he could go, and, and he wasn't so sure. He's new to the church, new to this area. And so he brought it, man. He, he came, and I said, after the, he didn't say much the whole trip, but I asked him yesterday at the baby shower. We had a baby shower for them uh, yesterday. And I said, hey, man, how'd you like it? He said, oh, dude, this is, oh, it was awesome, man. Why? Because he showed up. 
He showed up. He took that step. This is what I want us to understand. Friendliness will bring us together, but friendship will cause us to stick together. God is calling us to stick together in a world that is trying to tear us apart. This leads me to my second point. Don't be a fair weather friend. Proverbs 17, 17. I like how Eugene Peterson uh, interprets it in the message Bible. He says this, friends love through all kinds of weather. Have you been through a storm before? Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. A fair weather friend is defined as this. It is a person who stops being a friend in times of difficulty. It's a friend who supports others only when it's easy and convenient to do so. See, as Christians, we're good at being friendly on Sunday, right? Because it's convenient. It's just, a, it's, it's on the surface, right? Who can't smile and say, praise the Lord, brother? Hallelujah, sister, right? That's being friendly. Shaking hands is friendly. Extending it, all those things are friendly and they're convenient, right? They don't, it doesn't take a lot. You just got to talk your face into it, right? It doesn't take a lot. But friendship is a commitment. Strong friendships are developed through the different seasons of life. Every friendship Every friendship will experience the newness of spring. How do you know what I'm talking about? Every friendship, come on, will experience the heat of summer. How many of you had to endure a friend? Come on, like you endure the heat. Come on, the Sacramento heat. Come on, the Sacramento smoke. Come on, you've had to endure this summer, right? How many of you had to endure a friend? Come on, stop being a baby, right? <laughs> come on, man, you know what to do. Come on, man, get your head up. Come on. A new day is coming, right? We've all had to endure a friend. The winds and change of fall. How many have had some things change with friends over the years? The rains and storms of winter. Listen, this is what I want to say. This is what I want to encourage us with, especially coming out of a season like 2020 where everybody, listen, is gnashing their teeth at one another and throwing rocks and sticks and sticks and stones to break my bones with nails. never hurt me. All those things, right? We're just throwing things back and forth, grenades at each other. We're doing all these different things. But listen, seasons in life shouldn't threaten our friendships. They should deepen our faith with our friends listen we should come out we should come out on the other side of what we've had to experience the last 18 months listen stickier we should we should emerge the last 18 months and look around and say these are my friends right here come on we've, we've been walking together through this for 18 months Come on, I got some duct tape. Come on, sticking us together. It's unrealistic to think that every time you're with a friend, that it's going to be all sunshine. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at, a friend loves at, 
a friend loves in a, only a year like 2019. A friend loves at all times. And a brother, a sister is born in those times. Not just some of the time. Not just in the good times, but the bad times all the time. You see, when we face adversity, it's an opportunity to go deeper in our faith as friends. So why do we run from hard conversations? You know, some of my best friends I've had the hardest conversations with. Walking with a friend right now, I got to get in his face all the time. Walking with a friend right now, I say, man, you know, you know what to do, man. Let's do it together. Let's walk together. I'm calling him constantly, calling him, checking in on how you doing. He's going, he's going through a dark time in his life. But listen, I could run from that situation because it's not convenient. But listen, we've been friends for a long time, and I have a commitment. And I've got to honor the commitment. Not just because of the time and the length of time that we've been friends, but because the word of God commands me to be a different kind of friend. You see, it's when we face trouble, when we face trouble, it's a test that will make our faith stronger together. Everybody say together. In fact, I like how Eugene Peterson shows this progression in his verse. Again, Eugene Peterson, the way the message came about is that he would preach sermons on Sunday and knew that his church didn't get it. And so he would go home and he would paraphrase the scriptures and he would write newsletters in his 60s. He would write newsletters to his congregation saying, this is, this is how, this is another way to look at it. He called it translating into American. That's what he called it. He would just make it in plain, plain language. And over time, the message Bible came together. That's how the message Bible or paraphrase came about. And I like how he shows the progression that can happen in our friendship when the weather isn't what was forecasted and we begin to experience unexpected trouble. Has anybody ever experienced the unexpected? Come on, we all have. He basically says when the unexpected change in weather happens, this is when we go from friends, listen to this, this is when we go from friends to family. There's a whole nother level. There's a friendship level, but when the storms come, when the unexpected comes, how many know we become family? This is just what happened to, to us. We were actually uh, scheduled to fly to New Orleans next week to watch Josiah in New Orleans, but a storm came. Ida came and it messed up all our plans. And guess what? Guess what happened? Listen, the family got together. And he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to change this. We're going to change this flight. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And now the game's been moved to Jacksonville. Guess where I'm going to be next Sunday? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> he basically says when the unexpected change in weather happens, this is when we go from being friends to family. He says families stick together. Will you just say that? Stick in all kinds of trouble. And I prophesy today that some of you are looking for a friend in this season, but you are about to find family. 
The trouble you're facing, listen, is about to promote you from friendship to family. How many know the blood of Jesus Christ, come on, has made us, come on, more than friends, it's made us, come on, it has made us family. In fact, we'll say this part of the verse all the time. We'll say this all the time. How many of you guys have heard somebody quote the latter half of this verse and said, oh yeah, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, a lot of people, when they quote the second half of this verse, they're deferring to Jesus. They're, they're just saying, you know what? It's Jesus. But King Solomon, he's not saying the one who sticks closer than a brother is Jesus. He's saying the one that sticks closer to a brother is you and I. So let's stop giving the responsibility to Jesus to be the one sticking closer to him as a brother. Right? Let's stop using the verse to pass the buck to Jesus when Jesus is looking to you and I to be the glue or the duct tape that causes us to stick together. Right? And so listen, I'm going to go beyond friendly to being a friend. But listen, when the storms of life come, listen, that's when you begin to know, come on, who's family? Everybody say family. You guys ready for my last point? Stop waiting for a friend and instead be a sticky friend. Proverbs eleven twenty five: The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. I love this verse right here. This is the amplified version. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. This is how I'm closing today. We're going to close with communion. But this is what I want to say in closing. Be a source of friendship. Let's move just from being a friendly church to a church that's filled with friends. How many know there's a difference? And listen, when friends go through something, when friends go through unexpected trouble and trials and tribulations, how many know we look back and now we say, oh wait, we were way more than friends. We were friends that stuck closer than a brother. We're actually family. And God wants to move our church from just being a friendly church, which is a great characteristic, to a commitment of friendship, come on, and a commission to family. This is what I want to encourage you with. Don't wait to be asked. You already know what to do. Isn't it crazy how times we'll just wait for someone to come and befriend us when God has given us everything that we need inside of us to make the friends that we need? In fact, there's three guys that heard this message first service and they text my brother Dave up here and he said, hey, they said, hey, that message was incredible. 
Oh, I, you knew I was going to show this point. Anyway, they said that message was so good. We're out here applying what Pastor Dean just preached. Can you throw that picture up there? These guys went to Dutch Brothers after service. Come, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name. Come on, drinking Dutch Brothers. Come on, you're going to get a breakthrough because there's so much sugar in them drinks. You know what I'm saying? Pastor Jesse, the uh, other day she came up. This is a total rabbit trail right here. But she said, she said, man, every time I go to Dutch Brothers, all my kids get sick, especially Lacey. And I said, well, do you know you're ODing your kids on sugar? I said, what'd you give Lacey? She told me what drink. I said, that drink has 37 grams of sugar. So Dutch Brothers has a lot of sugar. So you want to go sugar-free at Dutch Bros, all right? Unless you really need a pick-me-up. I'm just saying, all right? But here's, the, here's another thing. Sign up for a connecting point. Sign up for a connecting point. And when you show up, don't look for a friend. Be the friend someone is looking for. Come on, how many know you need to get in shape? Anybody besides me, you know you got to get in shape? Come on, how many know 6 a.m.? Come on, how you know you're going to make a good friend at 6 a.m.? Because, come on, they're going to see you like you really are at 6 a.m., right? You're going to have some hair, no makeup, right? Fellas, you're going to be all like sleepy in your eye, right? Wrinkles that people ain't never seen. All those things, right? 6 a.m. But I'm telling you, when you're working out, when you're working out and you feel like you can't go more and Stephen De Los Santos is like, dude, you can do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're only doing this for 30 minutes. How do you know you'll go that extra mile? Because somebody's cheering you on. Someone's being your cheerleader. Listen, don't leave today lonely and isolated. I want you to say this with me. I'm a source. I'm a blessing. I am prosperous. I've been enriched. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. Make a deposit in someone else and ask them out to coffee or lunch. I dare you. I dare you to do what these guys did and take a picture of it and send it to me or tag us in it on social media and just say, you know what? I'm just going to take a step of faith towards being a friend. And I promise you, listen, he who waters, come on, will be watered himself. Listen, God put too much in us to withhold. Start sowing in somebody else's life and watch. I guarantee others will start sowing into you. You see, when we intentionally see ourselves as a source of blessing and friendship, we'll break others out of their loneliness. Come on, when we see ourselves as a source of blessing and friendship, we'll break others out of their de depression and disappointment and letdowns. When people start seeing us as a source of blessing, listen, they will break out of heartbreak. They will break out of self-pity. And today, as we come to the table, as we take communion together today, I want to encourage you, listen, that God's wanting to remind you that he's been a friend to you. That because Jesus gave the ultimate example of being a friend to you and I, how you know, because he modeled it, come on, we can learn from it and we could be that friend today. Jeff 
uh, Duvall shared the scripture last week. I'm going to share it again. No longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you I have called you friends. No longer do I call you slaves to fear. I call you friends. No longer do I call you slaves to sin. Jesus said, I call you friends. No longer do I call you slaves to depression, slaves to self-pity, slaves to doubt, slaves to heartbreak, slaves to emotional and internal hurt, slaves, slaves, slaves. No longer, everybody say no longer. I call you friend. Welcome, welcome to RLC.